This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success in attaining even the loftiest goals. These students, who are in the top 10% in the country, are active in student support services at NC State. These students are low-income and first-generation NC State students. Nationally, this population has a 10% graduation rate. NC State students have a graduation rate over 90% and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. Some have even earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to attain their imminent goals. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Wright, your host of Beyond the Bell Tower. Season six. Today, we are excited to have Tyrez Hudson on the show with us. Say hello, Tyrez. Hello. Hello. Tyrez is an <laughs> NCAA State alum, class of 2021, and we're excited to have him on the show where we're going to talk about a lot of different things, um, specifically in the postgraduate space. So we're excited to be interviewing with you, cool. Tyrez. Um, so let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Can you talk about yourself a little bit? Where are you from? Where you grew up? And what types of things were you interested in growing up? Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's see. I'm from Winston-Salem. Um, Triad, Trayfold. I'm trying to think, what did I do growing up? I love playing video games. Um, I love watching superhero shows and movies. Um, Storm from X-Men is my favorite character, along with um, some other people. Um... I love to sing, um, so I joined, I was on the choir, like, growing up and whatnot, um, and that was about it, like, I love playing with toys um, and stuff like that, but I was also, also a nerd, so I liked sciencey things and whatnot, but, uh, yeah. That's okay. Like, that was, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, sounds good, and shouts to UPGC, he's also a UP alum, for those of you that know, you'll, you'll understand <laughs> later on in the episode, but, um, yeah, yeah, so, um, great to be hearing from you. And let's talk about, you know, growing up, did, would you say that you had a dream job? I, oh, I, yes and no. I had, like, if people ask me, like, what I want to do, I did have answers. Like, at one point, um, I was, like, I want to be a lawyer because I love to argue with people and I love to be like, well, why? Um, at one point, I was, like, a doctor because the hum- humans in general, but, like, also, like, like, bodily are very interesting um, but I also realized that I feel like growing up, I kind of learned to give the answers that people would like to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, I still am trying to be a doctor, not medically though. Um, but yeah, if that answers your question, I kind of didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do really until I got to college. Yeah. Okay. So with you being from Winston-Salem, you know, not too far from Raleigh, why, why NC State? Was there a particular program that you were interested in or just the, the the reputation of the name NC State. What what do you think it was? Um, honestly, my answers are very. I feel like they're very weird. So one, red is my favorite color, and when I say that, I mean I love the color red. So part of my motivation was like, as you're applying for schools, as you're applying to NC State, you're I'm seeing a bunch of red. That's very like helpful. Um, but the main thing um for me, it was really down between NC State and Chapel Hill and. I like I had family that had gone there so like my older sister went there my mom went there and so I remember helping my sister move in and move out and come to her concerts because she also was on UPGC um and so yeah I felt more 
comfortable seeing myself at state and kind of saying that like I'm going to see state versus um like Chapel Hill because I had uh, done the project uplift and had a good time but um just like from like walking both campuses yeah. um I felt better for NC State and I don't regret it I really enjoyed my time there okay cool cool so um you talked about a little bit of that NC State versus Chapel Hill type of vibe you had families <laughs> that went to both would you say um you you said you had families that went to both right family members well, no so my my mom and my older sister had both so if, I don't know if I said it correctly but both my mom and my older sister had like gone to NC State oh to NC State okay so it runs in the family then all right generation cool. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep it going that's awesome um, did you have any concerns really jumping from high school to college? Was there anything that you were concerned about? And that could be, you know, academic or just life in general. I think the main concern that I had going to college was, um, and I feel like it's like an issue within like education in general, especially in the U.S., but like I knew, I had an idea of like kind of what a major was, but I feel like typically when people like as you're in high school people are asking you like oh what college are you going to and then once you pick a college like what are you going to major in once you have a major they ask you like what job do you want and so those are big asks and big answers um and so I felt pressure to know exactly like as I'm like moving to NC State I felt a pressure to know what I want to do right after um and so my biggest concern was trying to figure out I didn't know like what did I want to major in, like who did I want to be, like what I want to do when I leave here. I really didn't know. I had ideas of different things. Um, and so many people don't know this. I originally applied to NC State and got in through um education. Um, but I ended up switching to the undecided program because I really did not know um what I wanted to do. I had a lot of different interests. And so being in the undecided program or exploratory studies did give me the chance to kind of like learn what a major is, what are minors, and like what which ones are offered at NC State and which ones are like a best fit for me. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So coming into college, right? Now you're at NC mm -hmm. State. Can you talk about what your major was and why you were interested in it? Sure. So coming into NC State, I was undecided for a year. And then I decided on history for my, um, like as I matriculated my first semester of sophomore year, I was a history major. And I went with history because I I loved history. I love taking history classes in high school. And even in college, the history classes that I did take, I learned a lot as far as like explaining how we, like looking at today, how do we get here? Um, especially as far as like looking at the people involved, the ideas. Um, but one thing I noticed in, um, in being kind of anxious about like what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, I started asking people, like even in high school, asking people like, how did they, like whatever job that they had, how did they get there? Yeah. Um, and so I kept in college that was useful because I would have TAs and I would ask them like, how did you get here? So for my history TAs, um, I would talk to them and I found out that a lot of them did weren't people, people. Um, they wanted to be in archival work or be in book stacks. Um, and I am a people person, like I, I'm people driven. And so I was like, while I did want to study history, I was like, history may not be for me. Um, also had, you know, some advisor issues at the time too. So I had a, um, a mentor who was in psychology. Um, I took intro to psychology and had some um, other friends and I knew some people in psychology. And so I talked to them. I emailed and talked to some professors in the department and to psychology. And I really loved it. Um, I was able to take classes. 
I like within psychology, I was more interested in the social. Um, and even now, like as a PhD student, I still study gender, sexuality, um, race, and spirituality. And so it was fun to take um, like psychology of gender, um, psychology of human sexuality, um, sociology of gender, and things of that nature. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm a psych major too. And so I'm interested in- I love it. Psych is lit. Yeah, is yeah lit. it's pretty cool. I enjoy studying. You know, you get to um, dive into the different topics of why certain people or certain groups do what they do. And that's mm-hmm. always been a, mm-hmm. that's always been interesting to me. You mentioned earlier how, you know, law was interesting because you like to ask why. And I think yeah. psychology kind of relates to that as well in terms of asking why a certain for behavior sure, is sure. displayed. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's really cool too. Um, at State, were you involved in any, you know, extracurricular activities that you want to mention? Too many. Um, um, but I, I say too many in that I, while it is, I feel like it's important as an undergraduate to like get involved in the university. I, I got over involved. And so there are times like I'll look back at my NC State calendar and it's like, who let me have like my calendar. I use colors and color code them. And it looks like a whole rainbow every single day. Um, what was I involved in? So I was involved in UPGC as soon as I got to NC State. I auditioned, got in, and stayed with it all for years. And absolutely loved it. Um, I I studied abroad. And so part of um, part of some of the funding I got for that um, when I came back was to be a study abroad like ambassador and go to those events and help um, in those meetings. So I did that. Um, what else did I do? I go to, I went to a few Chanel Blonde meetings. Um, I went to a few French club meetings early on in undergrad. I, what else did I do? Oh, I was, I worked as a, um, I said receptionist. That wasn't my official title on paper, but basically I was receptionist for, um, the exploratory studies, um, department and program. And so that was fun. I loved that. Um, I also worked, um, as a, like a, a student researcher, a researcher from help out with like the, the like retention rates of um, black male students at NC State and things of that nature. And so I worked and did research um, for that in higher ed. And so that was kind of, that was really eye-opening, pretty cool to see like, um, like see how faculty members deal with issues and how they are together and whatnot. Um, I also did work in, um, I worked in, so Dr. Quire Coupe, uh, when she was there for her social work lab, looking at um, fathers and fatherhood. I worked with her for my senior year, and that was really eye-opening and very amazing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting some stuff, but um, oh, um, I did the trio has a mentorship program. Um, I was a part of that. I also was in the McNair program. Mm. Um, yeah, booked and busy was a we we did that for sure. So yeah, um, I don't recommend it, but um, <laughs> yes, I'll and, and on and on UPGC as the I was chaplain for three and a half years. Um, okay. so yeah, yeah. So UPGC is uninhibited praise gospel choir for those that may not know. Um, you also mentioned that you talked about or that you um you studied abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you study? So I studied abroad for the it was like the French um summer program. It was a month. I believe a month and a few weeks. I think okay. it was like six or seven weeks um, of the summer. And so we flew to Paris and we saw the group of NC State students got to know each other in Paris for a week. And then we met the other students in the program because the program is an international one. So meeting people from the Philippines, China, um, the US, Canada, and other places 
um, we were in Lille in northern France for the next four or five weeks. And it was that was a, an also an amazing life changing um, summer, too. So, yeah, I definitely encourage people to study abroad because funds funds are out there for sure. Um, I got the Gilman um, and they're also but even like as far as like funding certain like departments like for like for French, um, there are also like awards you can get and that like language for studying abroad so funding is there and um especially trying to like um black people especially like i never thought i would go to france i thought french was just um, something i would just study and i would learn about the country i didn't think i'd actually go and so give the opportunity to go i love telling people especially like black students go take a chance i literally just on a whim i applied got it and it worked itself out so it's possible to go with funds because I also did not have the funds to go. So yes, funding is possible, scholarships are possible. So yeah. That's awesome. I, we, you know, that's that's great advice for people to hear about studying abroad. Something I haven't done yet, but um just for students in general, it sounds like a, a life-changing experience. Um and it also sounds like you had a really, really long resume. <laughs> uh, yeah, we <laughs> in those four years we packed uh we packed up we did a good bit. That's cool. That's cool. That's good for you. You have plenty to talk about. Um, can you talk a little bit about the McNair Scholars Program and how it's helped you in your, um, let's say, scholastic career? Right. <laughs> sure. So McNair Scholars Program, I feel like that's um, when I interviewed to get in there, that was one of the questions <laughs> I had. So McNair Scholars Program was started really with Ronald E. McNair. Um, I believe he was a physicist um, and he worked with the Challenger and that's um and he died with the um, explosion of the challenger but the McNair scholars program was created because Ronnie McNair he had his PhD and so this McNair scholars program is really for um students of color low-income students um I'm forgetting one there's another category too but um really it's kind of like a pipeline to PhD programs really to diversify academia um and so they do that by really prepare um helping you to be a good candidate for applying to PhD programs and also to get rid of a lot of the gatekeeping around PhD applications and PhD programs. Um, so they have you, um, you go to workshops where you're working on different aspects of the application, um, which was very helpful because I've, um, and talking to even a lot of faculty members that even some of my recommenders, and as I was discussing, like I applied and I got in, I had like um, a choice to make because I got into multiple places. Um, and so a lot of faculty members that I would ask, when I was asking for help on how to choose, um, even like a bunch of faculty members admitted that they, in, in applying that they didn't really know what about the they had issues with process too. And so they only applied to like to one place or they only got into one. And so there's a lot of gatekeeping and applying to PhD programs. And so the McNair program is really helpful in debunking that and really helping you stand out. Um, they, there is like a, a contract, um, but it's really to help you be stand out as a candidate. So you have to um, do some more research. If you can do research during the school year, that's good too, but they want you to do some more research. Um, and so I, I was supposed to do that and I did it, but it was helpful because one, that's extra funding that you can get, but two, it looks good on a CV. That's research you can put down on your CV that you can talk about in your interviews for PhD programs. Um, and also in that summer research or in doing research during the year, um, if you're doing writing or writing papers, that can also, that was that my summer research program um, paper, that ended up being my writing sample for some programs. Um, and so it's helpful in that regard. Um, and yeah, the end goal, the end goal is, the end goal is really to make you be a good candidate and to help you look stand out. Um, and also, I think the Rainier Scholars program is also helpful in uh, just 
considering fields because I feel like typically people or before getting into graduate school, I thought that it has to be like a straight trajectory. Like if I get if I have a, I'm a bachelor's in psychology, my master's, my PhD has to be in psychology too. And that's not the case. Um, I'm doing ethnic studies now. Never thought I would I would do ethnic studies. Had no idea. I really didn't know what ethnic studies was until last year after taking a bunch of classes in the department. Um, and so like it's possible to leave your field, but also like, what is it? How do you, one thing that the maintenance course program helped me with as far as if I'm coming, um, if I have a psych degree, but I have research from higher education, from um, social work, how do you make that, I don't wanna say marketable, but really marketable for applying to like um, stuff like outside of your field. Um, so another component of the maintenance course program at NC State when I was there was that they paired you with a, um, a PhD student um, they try to stick it within your field. Mine end up being, well, we met kind of like organically. Um, he ended up being like an engineering, but that was helpful in that it's someone who can look at your statements, but also can talk to you about being a like um, a PhD student, what the steps are like, what applications are like and whatnot. Um, so it was very helpful for me. Um, one of the things that I also took up a bunch of, well, the program worked, but you also have, you get in what you put out of it. And so um, I did a lot of um, conferences and presentations and things of that nature through McNair, um, but that also, part of that is also of my own, like, volition, so you, it's flexible, but also, like, people, like, do different things, and so, um, yeah, to answer your question in a roundabout way. No, yeah. that was great. Um, shout out to the uh, McNair Scholars Program. I'm a McNair Scholar. It's lit. So, it's very helpful. So it is, it is very helpful, and I haven't even graduated yet, but I know it's, it's had a lasting impact and just in terms of the um, preparation for graduate school, which is definitely something that's on my radar and mm -hmm. um, helping with writing tips, research experience, all of these things that these, you know, grads, um, grad schools look for in an applicant, they really give it to you and they help you to find it and find the resources that help you to build on those things. So definitely a shout yes. out to that program. It's, it's made a, a big difference on both of our um, academic careers. Getting into oh, one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Um, one last thing for the maintenance schools program, they there are cohorts, mm -hmm. and so one cool thing with having that is that you're applying, but you're not like you're not applying alone. So like there are other people, um, who understand that like it's hard to like I I didn't do this, but like um, and discussing like you talk to people and it's like oh yeah, like you cried with your application, I cried too, or like it's very like communal and so like you're all applying to different programs but like you're all especially during a pandemic like we're all struggling with this like but like I'm not alone so it's like if that makes sense like if there's like a community um aspect to it too that's really helpful even with the like administrators and whatnot but yeah 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 that is definitely a community aspect ability to go and do outings with the people in your cohort mm -hmm. and so that's that's a lot of fun too even you know even through the pandemic right you know obviously yeah. we need to see each other but virtually it was still there and it was still a presence pretty much every week and so that was mm -hmm. giving people to talk to during the pandemic that was <laughs> awesome too <laughs> um let's get into some of that internship and the research experience that you got into while you were an undergrad and you know that's yeah. a really big thing especially in today's academic space for undergraduate students to still kind of build that research while they're still an undergrad build that internship experience can you talk about some tips and some strategies that you were given or that you used when looking for these programs that you, you know, kind of spent time with over the summer? Mm, 
Oh my gosh. In terms of internships and opportunities and programs for internships, and if you're looking for internships and research opportunities, one thing that's helpful is to get used to telling people what you're interested in. Because so I was interested, um, like people, I started being known as like the person who was like interested in studying like black men and black, black masculinity. Um, and so with that, um, if you're, as you're talking to people in your program, as you're meeting with professors, um, mentors, getting used to telling people in a very, um, kind of like a, I guess like an elevator pitch, um, but getting used to telling people like what you're interested in is helpful because eventually those people um, have it in their heads that like when they think of you, like, okay, you research this. And so if they're talking with somebody else who may need um, a research assistant or who may need help on something and um, which it happened to me, the, um, the research job position that I had senior year um, of working with a collective for, um, trying to help rates of like retention for black male students that was really started because there was an administrator in the McNair program who went to who um was in meetings and was hearing about how they needed a student researcher to research um black male students and the student experience and so they thought of me because I I don't I'm not interested really in like um higher ed research specifically but in researching black male students like that is like that touches on an aspect of what I'm interested in researching and so that's very helpful for connecting um, in terms of programs and tips, I would say one biggest piece of advice that I would really two that really helped me was one, um, it's hard not to, but like in terms of finding programs and applying to, to not take it personal, um, sometimes um, a program may not accept your application or they may like um, not want to like admit you um, for various reasons. And it's not always your application wasn't good enough. Sometimes it's um, maybe you need more research experience, but other times, and a lot of times it's maybe um, the professor that you're trying to work with, if they don't have, I know a lot of professors, if they don't have funding for that for you as a student, they won't take the application. And so all you're ever gonna hear and all you're ever gonna get is the like, we're sorry, like, unfortunately, like we don't wanna take you to the Understanding that there are a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes that have nothing to do with you, but that are don't going to directly affect you. And so you talked about, you know, some of those things that help you to get that research experience, that internship experience, and how it developed you as an applicant. But now let's go into the PhD a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Did you always know that the PhD was for you? <laughs> Uh, no, I actually, so funnily enough, as a kid, I would tell people like, oh, like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And so people started like, people like back home, churches and whatnot would call me like doctor. Um, but I didn't really know the PhD was for me until, I'm trying to think. Honestly, I think it was in talking to people and telling them like what I was interested in, in general with like life and like in school and whatnot and kind of like the things that I wanted to do, people started telling me, look into McNair or like um, consider getting your PhD. I didn't know what a PhD was. I also didn't know what McNair was at all. Um, but then like, as I started talking to some of my um, psychology class, um, like TAs, um, and some of them became mentors and kind of learning like, oh, a PhD, like it is a degree for to be a doctor, to do that. Um, that's kind of how I learned. Um, so no, I did not always think it was for me. I also never thought I'd get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about when you did get it, you know, what was, what was that initial feeling? How'd you feel about it? And were you shocked or were you, did you just want to celebrate? What was it? Um, like in applying? In terms of getting into the program, I'm sorry. Mm. Of course you haven't gotten, in terms of getting into the program. Yeah. Got you. Um, getting into the program, um, 
It was. I was. Ex- I was excited. Um, for sure because it's like, I, most people, um, have tons more research from like their masters of working, um, and so for me, most of the uh, majority of the research that I had on my CV when I was applying came from like my senior year, um. And it's also, it's not common to get accepted to places straight out of undergrad, one, but to do it as a Black person is difficult. But also during the pandemic, it was just like, a lot of odds are beaten. So I was very, very excited, um, elated, and um, also kind of scared because it's like, well, dang, like this is like, it, it also becomes real that like it's happening. Things are being done. I'm going to have to move somewhere. Um, so yeah. Okay. So you talked a little bit about um, how a lot of people don't go straight into the PhD. Uh, would you mind just speaking on why you decided to go straight into it instead of, you know, going after the master's first? Sure. Um, so I, the reason why I didn't want, um, I tried to like not pursue going directly to master's is because I won, I knew that from what I had researched and what I had learned, I know that like with what I want to do later in life, a PhD is is needed for some of it. And then for other aspects of it, of what I want to do, a PhD helps with that. Um, and so, yeah, also most PhD programs to be competitive um, have funding or more funding more so than um, master's programs. Right. Um, so that was also a motivator too. Okay. Hmm. Definitely. And, you know, I'm finding that looking through my applications as well. Um, so how is how has that transition from undergrad been from, you know, being an undergrad student to a PhD student? Because you mentioned how it's common for people to go into the, the master's first and then the PhD, but you decided to go straight in. So what was that uh, transition like? Um, it was a bit rough, definitely a bit rough. Um people in, in calling home and like video calling people from like back in North Carolina um, for I, a good minute people said that like I seemed happier which is funny um, I, I probably was but also I was sad for a good minute um, I moved in cried the whole weekend um, because who I know is really like east coast I didn't really like out here outside of people that I applied um, people that I talked to to apply here I didn't really have like friends or family here. So that was definitely, and I also, that, this is my first time like really moving out of the house, like kind of like uh, outside from like college. So it was definitely a big transition. Um, <clears throat> in terms of like, I guess like like the actual like nitty gritty of like being like a student, right. the, out, the work is not harder than undergrad. Um, it's definitely different. The stuff like the stuff that I'm being asked to do is definitely different like, really is an undergrad class when I ask you um, for like really long papers over and over again. Um, but I mean, one thing that I, I did like about the transition from undergrad to being a graduate student is the work is more concentrated to the field okay. of like the program that you're in. And so with that, um, I get, I feel like classes and even assignments and the work that I'm doing is more purposeful right. um, because it's not just a class that's like a general ed class that I'm interested in and I'm doing assignment it's a I'm taking this class because it's an, like it's a, um it fits within like my program but 
this final that has to be a syllabus or a paper, I can use it as a chance to research some ideas or some text that um, I'm interested in or that I may use later on down the road. Or maybe um, like for my program, I have to, when I qualify, one of the things I have to do is make an annotated syllabus and defend it. Um, so taking a class where I am supposed to make a syllabus for a final is helpful um, to learn the skill of making one a syllabus and two, that could be a syllabus that like I could use later on. So doing things that are more purposeful in the papers, like even like you're writing papers, like yeah. I took a class this past spring on slave narratives and um and literature. And so like for the final, it had to be an annotated bibliography. And I was working on it. Um I had like flown back, flown back home for something. And so my little sister walked by and she I was like on page 18 and she was like, this is what you do for work. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, ew. And I was like, no, like I like I love it. Um, the papers are longer for sure for finals and whatnot, but they're on things that I care about and that I want to research anyway. So they're it's not bad. Like I'm I want to write this much. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been it's definitely been a doozy, but it's been it's been fun. Cause it's also like I'm 23, so it's like yeah. like adulthood. So learning to adults, learning how to like be a, like a graduate student has been it has its ups and downs, but overall, I really like grad school. This is, it's a good place for me. Okay. And I'm really glad you mentioned at the end there, you know, that you're actually interested in what you're doing. And that's what helps you mm -hmm. to, you know, get through those longer papers than what you would have had, say, an undergraduate, as an undergraduate. Um, the interest helps you to, you know, really get into it. It kind of helps you to forget about, you know, this is homework, sort of. Is that yeah. kind of what you're getting at? Okay. Okay. I felt that way about some of my classes. Not all. <laughs> but some of them. <laughs> um, so now you're in California, all right? And California is, you know, it's, it's on the other side of the country, right? It's nowhere, it's not really close to North Carolina. What were some of the challenges, um, the fears that you had moving away from home like that? Mm, if any. I, okay. One fear of mine was food because I am a Southern boy at heart. Yeah. So I miss my bojangles um oh, i miss being able to go to the grocery store and certain meats that you would use to season things or like certain products they're very they're based i didn't realize this until i got here but like they they're based on the population of people that live there so some of the foods and meats and whatnot that you're gonna you can go to like a food lion um on western or whatever and get here going to like a rouse or a kroger whatever you're not gonna find that like oh, for certain yeah. stuff i have to go to a butcher shop to get um or like find niche places to get the things um yes i was also concerned excuse me about the i guess the weather because to me because it's like it's lower than North Carolina, like where i am it's um i was like gonna be hotter or whatever it's actually not i'm in a desert climate Okay. very close like I can see the ocean from my department building okay and so it's so like the daytime it may get warm it doesn't really get that it like it's around like the 70s year round most um it ebbs and flows um but at nighttime because it's like it doesn't climate it gets cold which I like I love it um so yeah weather was a bit of a concern but actually I pretty I really like it here um and yeah, and I've, I've made connections. Um, the Black graduate students that I've met here, I've made a, um, some good friends, some good community here. And that's been very impactful in my time in grad school. Um, yeah, it's been like having a, like a community of people who look like you, right. who are also getting their PhDs um, right. and some masters, but like 
like we we can come together and like discuss like our struggles but also we can just come together and just like just be ourselves and have fun in graduate school and just like be people and so that's been that's been also been very helpful um for like the transition part of grad school yeah and that sounds healthy too you know moving away from home still mm -hmm. being able to find that community and to step away from the you know the rigorous you know the rigorous um, classes that you're in and the, the writing that you have to do just to get away and have that community to socialize but that's really healthy um quick question when was the last mm -hmm. time you had bojangles well um honestly probably before i moved i came back here <laughs> oh, right before classes started so i'm on the quarter system so that's one thing that i kind of I do and don't like the quarter system. I will say one thing I do like about the quarter system is that so for y'all, NC's like in the semester, y'all classes start around like in August, right? right? My classes didn't start until the end of September, oh. like that very last week. <laughs> so it's a bit more time um, for that. In, and I, I bring that up because so the, um, I flew back here around the end of August, and that was probably the last time that I had. The sweet, sweet taste of bojangles, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ship some to you. How does that sound? <laughs> I'll take, look, I'll take it. Shoot. I'll take it. <laughs> um, can you talk about the importance of looking for funding um, coming out as an undergraduate student? Um, funding is very important to look for. I didn't mean look for funding. Well, Yes and no. Funding is just important for grad school in general because um, one thing that I is probably not discussed as much is the fact that like in grad, like as an undergraduate, like yes, there are, there are fees attached to it, but you don't really discuss those those fees as much. As a graduate student, those fees matter because those fees add up. Those fees of like transportation, technology, health, whatever, those things add up um, and whatnot. And so in terms of funding, funding is very, very important. I have been blessed with the opportunity to where I, in terms of funding, I didn't really look for external funding sources that much, but in the program that I'm in now, um, it's fully funded. So I don't like, I get the um, like classes, fees, insurance and all like that. It's like it's covered. Um, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, really nice. You know, funding is a big topic, you know, as a part of McNair, they help you make mm -hmm. sure that you're finding those different resources. So I just wanted to um, know how you went about that and um, how helpful that is to you. It sounds like you're fully funded, which is sounds really cool. Yeah, um, really helpful too. And then what advice would you give seniors like myself when looking for graduate programs, right? What are some things that I should look for or that we should look for, you know, when going about this process? I would say to be yourself. Sometimes it's just they haven't sent out admission letters yet. They're I'm still kind of waiting to see. And so they may like have you visit. And so they won't call it an interview, but it really is it's an interview from like the faculty members and the graduate students. So like kind of interviewing you. But even in those interactions, even in those interviews, as you are, if you're talking to professors to figure out if you should go to that program, if you're talking to graduate students, be be yourself. If there are concerns you have, make those known. Now you're going to like depending on how you make those known, like doesn't matter, but like make, make those concerns known. Um, one thing that I was concerned about in applying to places was, is it safe for like, or I, one question I would ask is like, especially for graduate students, because graduate students, if you want to really know what it's like to be in that program, really ask the graduate students, their experience, mo most of them will tell you 
the honest truth. If they if they like it or they don't like it, they'll be honest. Every now and then, even if they don't like it, they may tell you that they do like it because misery does a little company. But for the most part, graduate students will be honest and tell you like, hey, yes, do come here, don't come here. That being said, one question that I did make sure to ask is, okay, do do they consider it safe for a Black person to be there as a student, as a resident of the city, what have you? Um, and for me, that was important because, I mean, it is 2022, but like, like anti-Blackness is like, it's everywhere. So like, am I going to... <laughs> I, one, I think one difference between undergrad and graduate school is that I feel like undergraduate is, it has a bubble, which is great. As a graduate student, though, like I am in classes and things, but like the classes and the papers that I'm doing, they're really kind of, it's really kind of like a big job training, I guess, or career training for like what I want to do later. And so if, it, as it being that, you're, it's like life is happening, you're adulting, you're have you have your apartment, you're doing things, you're going to classes, you're going out with friends, what have you. Um, and so all of that to say, to get there, be yourself. If you have certain things that you have in mind when you, would be, when you have your PhD, tell them that. Even if, it, if it's a lot of different things, you can still tell them that you want to be all those things. Now, you should do it in a way to where it, like, it comes together and it gels and meshes well with like the program's intent for students. But all the things you want to be, all the things you want to do, you can do that. And you can be those things. And it's also okay to say them. Um, another thing of advice, I would say to don't be afraid to consider things outside of the, like the field that you're in or coming from. Um, so for me being a psychology, I really wanted to do psychology. I was okay with like venturing into sociology a little bit. Ethnic studies wasn't really my radar. Um, ethnic studies was really, because for, for McNair at NC State, I had to apply to 10 different programs. And so in trying to get to those 10, I I got to seven because in a pandemic, it was hard. Also programs shut down because of funding, but which also in terms of, if a program doesn't accept you, it also could just be like overall that maybe that department just doesn't have funding to take anybody that year, which is also a thing. They won't tell you, but yes. Um, and so in doing that, I applied to ethnic studies here just to like ha like another place like to have. But one promise I made myself was that any place that accepted me, I'd give them a fair chance. Um, and so to do that, being open to leaving the field that you're in and going into another one, um, being open to, and also and looking to graduate programs, really think about like what are your motivations? Why do you want this PhD? Like, what do you, what are things, what are the concrete and also abstract things that you want to do with this? Mm -hmm. And then what will it take to get there? Because um, I want to be a researcher and a P I want to be a professor and, and whatnot. But I also, I want to give my opinion on like on the news. I want to do outreach. I want to do interventions and workshops and whatnot. And so a PhD would help with that. But because of all the things I'm trying to do, being and with the classes and the ideas that I'm learning now, I understand that had I gone into psychology, sociology, I would still have been like successful, but I like what, I, what I'm what i learning here now because I, I'm i learning things in ethnic studies here that I know for sure I wouldn't be learning like had I gone to, had I stayed in like psychology or sociology. And so just being open um, to those different things because you never, you actually, you never really know where you'll end up and you made a bit of place that you never thought of, and it actually ends up being the perfect place for you. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. You know, you're kind of your story of, you know, being comfortable with the idea of going outside of psychology. I think that's really useful because a lot of people have anxiety around, you know, mm -hmm. staying within 
what they studied in college. You know, that's pretty much once you get to around junior, senior year, you realize that that's really what you want to get into. And so being yeah. open and like you said, being willing to go where you were accepted. I think that's really that's going to be really good for people to hear. So now we're going to get into something called top takes. And we want to get a little bit more about you, Tyrez, and your personal favorites, <laughs> if you will. Um, so your favorite thing about California is? Oh, the weather. Um, people love the weather here. And I see why um, people, I think people tend to like, they like the warm weather of it being like in the 70s, um, maybe low 80s. I like California because it does the opposite. At night, it gets, or where I am, it gets cold. So that's why I like it. Um, I also like the people. But yeah, the people okay. are my favorite things here. Okay, cool. Cool in the night. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can bring four things to an island that you're stuck on. What are they? What are those four things? Um, I'm bringing internet. <laughs> um... I'm bringing, I'm trying to think, I'm like, I can, I can think pretty big. I'm bringing internet. Um, I'm bringing technology. I'm going to leave that vague because, yes, I want it. Um, I'm bringing people because I am not a handyman. I'm not building my own little house and think, no, that's not for me. I live there, but I'm not trying to build it so we can have a little community to help. take care of it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, can you think about the hardest class that you took at NC State? And if you can't, think about one of the hardest classes. Intro to philosophy. Ooh. When did you take that? That was, oh my goodness gracious. Um, I think junior year or it may have been, been sophomore year. I think it was sophomore, sophomore in the spring, I think, I believe. Okay. Is that the yeah. only philosophy class that you took? Yep. That was the only, that was the requirement. We're going to take no more. Cause I just, it's, it's not for me. I'm not trying to discuss if this, like the, the TV behind you discussing whether or not that's real. I know it's like uh, the uh, philosophy, like gender, race, sexuality. I can get into that. The actual stuff like, is this TV real? Are these glasses real? I, I don't have time. I'm not okay. that concerned. Gotcha. And then the last one, you can choose one superhero, one superhero to be your personal security guard. All right. So who is securing Therese? Um, uh, I don't like this question because I feel like I'm torn between the people that are my favorite heroes and the people that I'm just like, they're not my favorite hero, but they are like, they'd be a good predictor. Um, I'm gonna put down the middle. I would say Storm from X Men. She is my right. favorite. That's my favorite like superpower. But I mean, like, if the woman like you, if you get hurricanes and tornadoes and things, you know, and lightning, I feel like that's like like that. I'd be good. I feel like I'd be good to go. All right. All right. I personally would bring the Hulk. You know, you know, I thought about the Hulk, but that's just like smashing stuff. Yeah, but he looks intimidating too. <laughs> so For maybe, sure. I mean, I mean, who's gonna walk on the Hulk? Away. Not I. Yeah. Oh no, they would. They would. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Hey, I'm not walking up to Hulk. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I have for you, Therese. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a great conversation and um, hopefully everyone else enjoyed. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and peace out. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. 
At Trio SSS and SSS STEM, our mission is helping our students to reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.